morning. Um, it is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody here. And uh, we're glad that you're here with us. I'm going to need a little bit of help this morning. Uh, I, need, I need nine mothers. If you want to turn your Bibles to uh, Ruth chapter 1, you can. Or if you follow along on version, it is on there as well. But I'm going to need nine mothers who are really good at the mother face and the mother voice and tone. All right, Tiff, come on up. Don't be, don't, don't be shy. Don't make me pick you out. Tiff's house is right behind ours. I've heard her scream at her children before. Just stand over here, Tiff. Stand over here. Ladies, come on up. All right, Tanessa, come on. Ladies, come on, so don't be shy. Uh, Joyce, did you ever yell at your kids? Did you ever yell at your kids? Yes, come on, Joyce, you can do it. Christy has yelled. Vanda, Robin, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I need two more. Two more ladies. Why don't you, you guys are all like on one side, spread out. There you go. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. So ladies, hello, test, 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 test. There it is. Hello. All right, ladies. I'm going to read the first part. I want you to read the highlighted part in your best mother voice with mother expression. If somebody needs to go get glasses, that's what happened in the first service. I can't read without my glasses. Okay, you want to know the strange connection? In the first service, it was Teresa Allison. And Brian had to come up with her glasses. And isn't it funny how their kids found each other and got married? So Robin, I'm going to start with you here in just a second. When you hear me read the first part, then you say in your parent voice, your mama voice, the best you can, say the rest of it so that we can all know what it sounds like in case we never heard it. I thank you, mamas, because you taught me a lot of things. In my life growing up, you taught me, uh, you taught me about logic. My mother taught me genetics. You are just like your father. Oops, I skipped one, didn't I? My mother taught me humor. Sorry, Vanda. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me anticipation. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when I get you home. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. (laughs) We're going to start a a prayer line, and Rick, I want you in the front, okay? (laughs) My mother taught me about stamina. There you go. That was a good one for that one, too. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I... 
Joyce, did you ever say anything like that to your children? Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Which makes it all the better, you reading it, by the way. And the last thing, and my favorite of all, is that my mother taught me justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Give them a hand. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. You can have a seat. Thank God for mamas. Amen. Have you ever heard any of those things before? I may have heard one or two of them. One or two of them. Thank you so much for your help. I, I want to speak to our ladies today. It's one time a year that I usually do that. Uh, just to encourage all of you, our mothers obviously too, and we're so grateful for each one of you. And thankful, like I said earlier, Covington First Assembly is a place where we celebrate the fact that, that uh, women are women and men are men. Can I get an amen? amen? We celebrate the gender of the female gender that God created in His image and God created to be with man. I believe that. We are very clear in our understanding of that. So we celebrate all of us. We celebrate the woman who bears children and the woman who doesn't. We're grateful for all of you and thankful for each one of you in your own unique way. In our culture today, we need godly women. Amen? Amen. We need godly role models. We need godly women to be a role model to our children. Unfortunately, our culture seems to be producing that which is opposite of what the Bible declares as a godly woman. That one with a gentle, quiet spirit. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't see our culture producing that when we turn them over to Hollywood. Amen? Today we're going to be looking at the life of Ruth. And uh, in Ruth chapter 3, verse 11, this statement is made by Boaz, who he looks at Ruth, and he's going to marry her, and she's going to become his wife. And he says to her, and now my daughter... Don't be afraid, I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. That you are a woman of noble character. Listen, ladies, there is no greater name that can be given to you. There's no greater achievement in your life, in our culture today, than to have all of the townsmen, all the people, when your name comes up, these words come out of their mouths. She's a woman of noble character. Now some of you can say, Pastor, I've got a degree. I've, I do this. I work this job. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm all these. Listen, all those things are great. But if you don't have the integrity of being a person of noble character, a woman of noble character, all those other things can go away very easily. Amen? It's very important that we, this church, would produce women of noble character. That this church would hold women in a high standard and expecting them and helping them grow into women of noble character. Because this is Ruth. She's standing here and this man says this about here. But, but before we go into it too far, stop and think about who Ruth is. Ruth, by no means, would have had an automatic expectation to be a woman of noble character in Israel that day. See, Ruth had a beginning. Like all of us, we all have a beginning, amen? And we all have a past and we all have a history. Ruth had a history. And Ruth's history was this. 
that her, her mother-in-law, before Ruth ever know her, knew her, Naomi and her husband, they leave Israel because of a drought. And some would call it faithless. They were going to a place where there was food instead of trusting God to provide for them where they were at. They went to live among the Gentiles. They went to live among people that they weren't supposed to be living among. And they went to live with them. And while they were there, their two sons married two Moabite girls. One was Ruth and one was Orpah. No, not Oprah, Orpah. And they were both there married to these sons. As time went along, obviously, uh, Naomi's husband passed away. And then her sons passed away. And all that was left was Ruth, was Naomi, Ruth, and, and <laughs> I almost said Oprah. Orpa. Orpa. Sounds like Orca. Orpa. Orca. Orpa. Anyway, it's a joke, folks. It's okay. So they were all left alone, and they said, and, and, and here's Naomi. She goes, I can go back to Israel. I can go back and be cared for it as a widow. I've got family there. I can have my needs met. Girls, 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 girls. Go back to your people. Go back. Find new husbands. She said, even if I could find somebody and remarry and have children, would you really wait long enough for them to grow up and become men so that you could marry them? Would you do that? Just go back to your people. And what happens instead, and this is where we're going to pick up here in just a minute. Ruth comes to Israel as a foreigner, as one who is not marriable, one who her husband should not have married according to Jewish custom and law. They shouldn't have married somebody that was a Moabite outside of their people. We see that in the scripture. It's very clear. Moses talks about it, so on and so forth. And the reason is, is because those wives would lead the husbands away to serve other gods. That's why that charge is there. It's not a racism thing. It was there to protect them from worshiping other gods. So now we stand here and we look at this in chapter 3 and we see where this, this, this honorable man of God in Israel turns to a little Moabitess woman who is a foreigner and an outsider and he looks at her and he says, all of the townsmen and myself know that you are a woman of noble character. How does a person go from that place in the beginning to becoming the person who's standing before this godly man being declared as one with noble character. Listen, folks, you've all got histories, you've all got backgrounds, and my desire for you today, I just want to speak this over you. I'm not going to be very long this morning. I want to speak this over you, some blessings over you, and encourage you that you will be, that, that God's intention is that you would be a woman of, of noble character. Amen? So let's dive into this. We're going to look at becoming a, a woman of God through Ruth Truths. This is a sermon I had, I've had written. Anybody write in your margins of your Bibles? I've had this one written in the margin of my Bible forever, for years, probably five, six years at least. And uh, each Mother's Day rolls around and I think, well, I'll just pull out that Ruth Truth sermon. And God says, no, do this. Well, this year you get it. So I find something else to wait for five or six years to preach. But becoming a woman of God through Ruth Truths. First of all, uh, how did she become a woman of noble character? It was because she was repentant and committed. She was repentant and committed. Ruth chapter 1 verses 14 through 18 says this. At this they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. 
Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. First of all, ladies, how do we become a woman of noble character? We become a woman of noble character when we repent and we become committed to Christ. The first thing that Ruth did there was she made a decision. I don't believe it's by coincidence that that Naomi turned to Ruth and said, Go on back like Orpah did, back to her gods and her people. Go back to her people and her gods. In other words, that that uh, God-riddled nation where she was from, just go back to it. Go back and be a part of it. Go back to your family that centers their lives around their gods. Just go back and do it. And something was inside of Ruth that said, absolutely not. She had seen something in Naomi. She had experienced Christ. She had experienced God on a level to where she understood that what Naomi has, I want it. And so she turned away and she turned her back on the direction of her old gods and her old family who were pursuing those things and said, Naomi... I'm going to go with you even to death. Your people are my people and your God is my God. Ladies, that's got to be the source. That's got to be the beginning of becoming a woman of noble character. You are not going to be able to just make your life better day after day. We don't do that naturally. We as people normally, we stray away and we usually get worse. Amen? But by the power of God and the Spirit of God inside of you, when you repent and you turn your life over to Christ and you commit yourself unto Him through obedience, I promise you there's a process that's going to take place. Not only a cleansing work, but a reviving work in your spirit that's going to help you to make better decisions. Amen? One thing that our culture needs today is women that are committed and repentant. Repentant and committed. Because what happens is it will overflow in their lives into other areas. When we look at Ruth's life, we see that it overflows in her faithfulness to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She's there with her. She said, listen, I'm going to be with you the rest of my life. I'm going to die where you are, Naomi. I'm not going to separate from you. I'm not going to go from you. And folks, we can draw from that this reality that in our culture today, we would love to have godly women who are faithful and committed in all aspects of their life. It will overflow. Your commitment to Christ and your faithfulness to Christ will overflow into all aspects of your life. There should be no more faithful people on the face of this earth than believers in Jesus Christ. It should overflow into our marriages, should overflow with our children, should overflow to our extended families, and yes, even our in-laws. It's hard to believe, isn't it? So she was repentant and she was faithful. Here's the other thing she did. She left left her childhood behind. Hear me, moms. She left her childhood behind. She left behind the place where she grew up. She left behind the gods of her youth. Can I get an amen? In our culture today, some of us need to leave behind the gods of our youth and flee the evil desires of youth, the scripture says. We should flee the evil desires of youth. But unfortunately, we have a culture full of of women around us, I'm not talking about in here, but around us who need to see our example because they have carried their youth with them. They're dressing like their youth. Can I get an amen? They're acting like their youth, going out and partying on the weekends, trying to find another guy or this guy or that guy, and always trying to hook up. Listen, folks, it's time to set that stuff aside. It's time to leave it behind us. It's time to become a, uh, it's time to put our big girl pants on. Amen. Grow up. Some of you are saying, our preacher put on big girl pants this morning. Is that okay? It's time to put on our girl, big girl pants. It's time to become responsible and faithful to our families and to our God. 
Secondly, she was humble, showing honor and submission to her elder. She showed honor and submission to her elder. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 2, we see this. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. You know, I find it interesting that Ruth sought Naomi's approval. She sought information from her. Can I go and glean? Can I go? Listen, she, Ruth was in a culture that wasn't her own. She was in a foreign land. She was in a new place. And she entrusted herself to the leadership and the guiding hand of this older woman that she loved dearly. Ladies, if you want to become a woman of noble character, find a godly woman that will mentor you. Find someone that you can submit to. Find someone that you can show honor and reverence to so that she can pour into you and speak into your life and she can caution you and she can direct you. She didn't want to do anything. This was so honorable that she would bow herself before her and make a request. Should I go and do this? It's in my heart to do it. And she wanted Naomi's approval. Listen, the problem we have in our culture today is we've got young girls seeking the approval of the wrong people. We've got young girls seeking the approval of wrong people. We want to be popular this way or that way or this. And we'll do anything, whatever it takes to, to get the peer pressure uh, off of our backs and begin to push us forward into something else. But listen, folks, it doesn't matter. When you become an adult, there's still peer pressure. There's still people expecting things from you. There's still people that want us to put ourselves on display for them. Listen, ladies, what I encourage you to do is find a godly woman who you can show honor and reverence to, who you can get counsel from, and that they can call speak into your life. I've said this before. A few years ago, I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. If you don't have elders over you, Bob, you're not going to make it. You need elders. So I very prayerfully selected a couple men to be elders over me that know my life, that I meet with every month, that I am, a, I am an open book to. I open myself up to rebuke. I open myself up to correction. If I was off scripturally, if I'm getting a prideful attitude, or if there's something that they notice in me, they can call me out every month. We sit down, we read the Word together, we pray together, and I know that these men not only have my back, but they will confront me when I need it. Some of us will say, I don't know if I want to do that, preacher. I don't know if I want to do that. I can tell you this. If you know you're going to have to give an account each month, you'll live your life better. Some of us need a Naomi over us, ladies, so that we can, we can talk with them and they can pour into us and they can hold us accountable and they can share what they're seeing. You know, that's a little bit too revealing and I think I just would challenge you maybe to, to not cheapen yourself in that way. I believe in you. Our young girls up here and others that are here on Wednesday nights, they need godly women in their lives pouring into them. That's what Ruth had. She submitted herself to that. Too many people are attention seekers. Too many people are pursuing the approval of the wrong people. You know who they are because they post those posts on Facebook. You know those posts? I'm not going to say who this is for, but they know who it's for, and they post it. And then what happens? 785 comments below it. Well, you go, girlfriend. I got your back. You go, girlfriend. I got... 
Listen, they don't need to be talking bad about you. I know about you. I know about them too. And I know who it's for. <laughs> Grow the stink up. Ah! Talk about puking at the altars for deliverance. That one wants to make me vomit every time I see it. It's one thing if it comes from a 12-year-old. Something different when it's coming from 30 plus. Put the big girl panties on. Man, if there's a situation, you go deal with it. Don't throw it on Facebook. It's a suggestion for somebody and they know who it is. Meanwhile, there's like 75 people who are saying, were you talking about me, sweetheart? Just want to make sure. No. Well, good, because I know who it's for then. You don't need to be seeking approval of everybody else. Get some godly counsel. If I have a, a woman, a godly woman over you, go to the Word of God. Go to the Lord in prayer. Whatever happened to suffering for the Lord if somebody said something or did something? Maybe your life wasn't honorable. That's why they said something. If you don't like what they're saying, fix it. Amen? Especially if it's sinful or if it's been harsh or rude. Or Listen, the important thing with all of this is, is that find somebody over you that you can trust, believe, and, and submit to. You know, Elisha followed Elijah. You know, pray with this person like Joshua did with Moses in the tent of meeting. Let them be the wise counsel that you need to make wise decisions. Let them confront you like Nathan confronted David after he had sinned against God. This is what we need in our lives. This is how we're going to be able to overcome, folks. Men and women alike, we all need this. Thirdly, she was a hard worker. Ruth chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain Behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor, Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Let me just stop. A little side note. Okay, if I take a little rabbit trail for two seconds. She didn't go seeking a man. She went to go be responsible, and then she found one. She didn't go out hunting for men. She went to be responsible with, with her responsibilities and the way found one. God brought one to her. God led her to the one that she needed. Ha! That'll preach. Yeah, that's right. that's right. Alyssa. So, um, <laughs> she even in here? She's not. She's up helping with kids' church and I'm just shredding her to pieces. <laughs> Ruth was spending her energy in the right place. She was working. Listen, ladies, if you want to be a woman of noble character, let them see you working. Let them see you busy. Let them see you doing something. Being active. Amen? Don't just, don't just slob around the house or slob around the workplace or slob around the community. Be active. Do something. Amen? If you want to have a reputation of being a noble character, a person with noble character, then do something. Don't be entitled. Ruth wasn't entitled with anything. She wasn't sitting back waiting for somebody to serve her. She went out and began to serve. Paul actually warned Timothy about the tendency of young widows to become busybodies, caught up in gossip and wickedness. She kept her hands busy. Godly woman is one who will avoid idleness and works to contribute to the needs of the family, whether her needs, those needs are at home or whether they be in the workplace. Here's the cool thing. Remember the story, the account of Mary and Martha? Jesus was in the house. Mary was at Jesus' feet, and Martha was doing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? She's all worked up and upset. And she says, Lord, why don't you tell my sister to get up and do something? Well, that's the Bob Fairchild version, but you get the point. 
And Jesus tells him, he said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about a great many things. You're all worried about stuff, but look, she's, she actually chose the better thing. And at that moment, that's what she did. She chose at that moment to sit at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus commended her for it, said it was the better thing. Let me ask you a question, though. Would it be the better thing if all she ever did was just sit around? No. Folks, listen. Martha was wrong in that moment, but it's not wrong to work. You got to have both. You got to be a Marthy. You got to be a Marthy. You got to be both. At that moment, you've got to know your moments when to stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen? But you got to get up and do something too. And some of my greatest prayer times have been times where I've been busy doing something. I've been working. I was painting a room Friday. Woohoo! Isn't that spiritual? But you can talk to the Lord while you're painting. I had my worship music on, and I was in the presence of God. Painting a room. Put two coats on it. It was so good. We've got to know our moments, and we've got to know, we've got to do our thing. We've got to work, we've got to do something with ourselves, but we've also got to sit at the feet of Jesus. And if you are going to do something in the community, don't be allowing yourself to have a name of laziness placed upon you, or idle, or busybody. Work. And if you're a worker, you're going to be received, and people are going to look at you and say, wow, there's a woman of noble character. Fourthly, she was thankful. Ruth chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. (laughs) That's a good guy. And whenever you are thirsty, I want my daughter to work for him. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me? A foreigner. Thankful. Thankful. She bowed herself down and said, I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I don't understand why you're so kind to me. I don't deserve it. See, thankfulness is closely related to humility also. You're going to see humility interwoven through this whole thing. Humility and thankfulness, an attitude of gratitude is very important. Amen? She wasn't entitled. She, was, she served faithfully, not expecting anything in return or any, any ger- generosity from Boaz any more than she had already received. But her humility made her small in her own eyes and a grateful spirit was placed inside of her. Again, our culture does not need one more loud, brash, rude, entitled woman. This church doesn't need a loud, brash, rude, entitled woman. We need women of God who are humble and simple and serving and loving. Had a conversation with my daughter uh, a while back. We were helping somebody and had helped them several times with something. And never once did these people say thank you to me. And she was blown away by that. She said, Dad, well, you've done this, 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 and this. Why, why won't they ever tell you thank you? And I said, sweetie, We don't do it to get a thank you. We do it because that's what we're called to do. We do things. If we don't do things for people, it reveals in our hearts where we're off. Just as if somebody does something for us and we aren't grateful and say thank you back to them, it reveals something in our hearts about us. Folks, if if we're not people who are grateful for anything ever, if all we have is a negative word, a complaining attitude, an argument... 
we're not going to carry around a good reputation in the community. People who carry and have, have the tag of a noble woman of God or a woman of noble character is a person that's got an attitude of gratitude. It's humble enough to realize anything that I've received, I don't necessarily deserve, and therefore I'm grateful for it. Fifthly, she was blessed because of these things. There's a whole lot more stuff I could have said about it, but Ruth 2, verses 10 through 12, at this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Everybody say, told. Say it again, told. Please remember that your reputation not only follows you, it precedes you. And you may not like the fact that somebody talks about you, but I'm going to give you a news bulletin. They do. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. And you can get mad about people talking about you all you want to, but don't act like you've not done it to them. Can I get an amen? Your reputation not only follows you, it precedes you. This man showed kindness to her because... He had heard of what he, she had done. He had heard about all that she had done for her mother-in-law, her, her, her repentance, her commitment to her. He had, he had seen the honor she had toward her. He had seen the hard work that the mother-in-law received blessing from. He had seen all these things, and therefore he looked at her and said, this is a woman that I could live with. This is a woman that I could be married to. She was receiving in abundance what she had given. She was receiving in in greater abundance more than she could have ever expected. Ladies, I want you to live the blessed life. Why am I sharing this message today in closing? Because I, I, I want you to live the blessed life. I want you to be blessed. I want God to pour His blessing out upon you. And when we have always talked about the Proverbs 31 reference to a godly woman, we know that it talks about a woman that blesses her husband and is blessed by her husband. We know that her children will rise up and call her blessed. And we know that Proverbs 31 it talks about the fact that these principles and many others are put into practice and she is called a woman of noble character. And we know that this woman uh, is valuable and far more valuable than rubies or gold. A woman who is rare and precious. Let me ask you, ladies, would you like to be valued? I found this out uh, with my own wife. I found this out counseling couples and others. Most every person in this room, man or woman, really, all of us just want to be valued. We would like for our spouse to love us and value us and show that value. We would love for our children to value us. Ladies, do you want to feel valuable? then don't cheapen yourselves. And nobody can cheapen you but you. Don't don't lower your standards. Don't don't cheapen yourself looking for the affections of this person or that person. Don't change to make everybody happy. Live your life to glorify God. And let that be good enough. And when you do, 
And these characteristics become a part of our life and the fruit of the Spirit is developed inside of our lives and it becomes external and people see our behaviors, then one of these days, ladies, are going to look at you and say, that right there is a woman of noble character. Even if you had a past. Even if you're a foreigner living in a foreign land here. Even though this church thing is new to you. Even though you've made some mistakes. They can look in your life and say, right there is a woman that I trust. Right there is a woman of noble character. That's my prayer for you. That's my desire for you. And the last thing that she did was this. She was a giver. In chapter 2, 18, says this, I guess in verses 17 and 18, So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Our culture doesn't just need ladies who will be these things, but will be ladies who will impart these things. Ruth was a giver. She worked, she gained something, and she didn't keep it for herself. She didn't hoard it up for herself for tomorrow. She gave what was left to the one she loved. Folks, listen. Ruth is a giver. I encourage you, if you want to be a woman of noble character, and you are a woman of noble character, then you've got to pass something on to somebody else. Repentance and faithfulness. Let us impart our faith in Christ to the next generation. This is the most valuable thing you possess, ladies, to pass on to your children. It's the most valuable display that you can set up in front of them is a life of repentance and faithfulness to God. A life of repentance from the old life and faithfulness to the new life. To leave and to cleave. Amen? It's very important for our children to see that. It's important for them to see honor and submission out of you. We're told in the Scripture to submit to one another. We're told to honor others above ourselves. This should not only be modeled, but should also be taught and encouraged in the lives of our children. When was the last time, moms of young ones, that you had a conversation about submission? When was the last time, moms of teenagers, did you sit down and explain submission to your teenage daughter or your teenage, teenage son? When was the last time you modeled it for them? These are things that we are givers of the work of God in our lives. Hard work. Are we giving it to our children? Are we giving it to the next generation? Are we, are we raising up a generation that doesn't know how to work? Or are we raising up a generation that does know how to work? Whatever you have gained through your hard work... Not just your work ethic, but your skills, your abilities, your trades. They need to be invested into the next generation. Thankfulness. Let them see it in you. But then expect it from them. Teach them to say thank you. Teach them to understand that they're not the center of the universe. Can I get an amen? Covington, if there was one major issue with our little town here, it's a great place to raise kids, but the one idolatrous problem that we have is that we put our kids at the center of the universe and we worship them. We overparent in that sense. They're a gift from God. They're not a God. Amen? And you'll be able to tell if you're worshiping or not the first time somebody does something wrong to them. Amen? Yes, Everybody wants to say amen on that one. They go, oh, me. <laughs> but we teach them to be thankful, grateful for what they have. Not giving them everything. You know, it's, you know it's okay to not give them everything? 
Sometimes the best thing for him is not give him everything. Don't give him everything. Give him something to work for. Give him something to, to wish for. Give him something to be thankful for. Amen? So we've got to have this passing on a thankful attitude. But if we're going to do it, we've got to teach them to verbalize it. We've got to teach them uh, the art of writing a thank you card or sending a thank you text or something. That's always a good thing. But, but greater than that, we've got to model it before them. And if we do these things, we're going to be blessed. So this morning, moms, this word was just a word of encouragement for you. We love you. We want you to be blessed. We want you to live the blessed life. And in closing here, we're going to share a video real quick just to share that and convey that with you. And then uh, have a few closing words and we'll go home. So we just want to take a moment and thank you mothers in the room. I go through this each year, but I just like to cover it. Realize Mother's Day can be a great celebration to some and a very difficult time for others. Um, Having lost a mother, having lost a child. But to every mom who works tirelessly... Raising the children God has blessed her with, we honor you today. To all of our grandmas, we honor you for spoiling our children with everything you never gave us when we were kids. (laughs) My wife has passed over into that realm, and it's a good realm. She likes it. To the mom that has raised her children and is now raising her grandchildren, We honor you for your endurance and selflessness. To the mom that has had the unique experience of raising a disabled child, we honor and revere you for your faithfulness. To the single mom, we honor you for your hard work and for the many hats you wear in raising your children. To the mom who is adopted, we honor you for loving and giving unconditionally. To the mom who has not been able to bear children, we honor you because your heart is to be a mother and it is shown as you constantly give and invest in the lives of others. To the mom who has suffered great loss, we hurt with you on this day, but we also celebrate the hope we have in Christ to see that child again. My friend Mike Bean wrote a, uh, a blessing over his wife um, a year or so ago at Prayer Summit. And I asked permission to use this and got it from him. And, and I just want to speak this over our ladies this morning. If all of our ladies in the church would just stand, I want to speak a blessing over you today and then pray for you. Every single one of you. As Eve, may you be blessed with the mystery of identity. As Sarah, May you be blessed with offspring that will be a blessing to the nations. As Rebecca, may you be blessed with an endowment of special gifts for your life and ministry. As Rachel, may you be blessed with irresistible inward and outward beauty. As Ruth, may you be blessed with peace among your family, both local and extended. As Hannah, May you be blessed with offspring that will be used of the Lord. As Esther, may you be blessed with a life of significance. And as Mary, may you be blessed with being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit as Christ is birthed in you. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, I just pray over these ladies this morning. 
a blessing upon their lives. These blessings, God. But ultimately, Father, my prayer is is that Christ be birthed in every one of them. That you would overshadow their homes and their families. Lord, that you would hear their anxious hearts at times and you would calm them and give them peace. Lord, you would give them the, the desires of their hearts through their children, Father, to see them grow and to serve you. Bless them with that, O God. For those that have lost mothers themselves this this week, Father, I pray peace over them today. God, your peace and your hand upon their lives. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for woman. I thank you, God, that you created her differently than man. I thank you, Lord, that she is precious in the identity that she is and how you created her. And today, Father, we just pray blessing over each and every one of them. That your hand would be upon them, God, your spirit be upon them, and that you go before them every day this week and every day of the rest of their lives. And we receive that blessing today with joy because we know that you are faithful, O God. Turn these women, God, into into the noble charactered women that that we spoke of this morning. Father, grow them in their faith and bless them when they rise, when they sit, when they lay down at night, God, and they're coming and they're going. Bless them in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day with your families. Hopefully you're going to be with your families. We just pray the Lord go with you in peace today. You're dismissed.